Isaiah 51 verse 3 says that the Lord will comfort Zion. He will make her deserts like Eden and her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. And joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Lord, make us fruitful gardens. Each and every one of us Every church around the world, Lord, make us a fruitful garden ready for the harvest. Ready for your harvest, God. This morning, we thank you, Heavenly Father, precious Jesus and Holy Spirit, for tending and working and nurturing the garden of our hearts making us more like you every single day as we lean into you and as we surrender and yield and bow. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you breathe upon us this morning? Would you breathe the breath of Father over everyone today? A fresh breath from heaven. Sustenance, strength for today. We breathe you in, Holy Spirit. We breathe you in, Holy Spirit. Resurrection, life, and power. We breathe in and we breathe it out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for the word that you've put in my heart. I thank you for your anointing right now as I just receive your anointing. It's so tangible in this place today, Father. And it's tangible in every home listening in right now. I thank you, Father, for the words from your mouth that they will be spoken from mine this morning as I yield to you, Holy Spirit. There is no one like you. No one like you in the heavens. No one like you in the earth. And as your sons and daughters today, we have no other lovers but you. We just thank you, Father, for this in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us this morning. It is such a joy to minister the Word of God to you in your homes. And uh, I don't know about you in your homes today, but right now there's such a, I think the word I can use as a thrill and a joy in my heart. And um, the thrill of knowing the love of the Father, the thrill of being born again, the thrill of being part of the body of Christ, the thrill of being in the kingdom of God. And uh, I'm reminded of a, a, a child, the thrill that they have just playing and, and 
the thrill that they have being picked up by their parents and um, played with. That's our, that's our God. That's our Father this morning, that He is so involved in every part of our lives. And it's such a thrill as a daughter today, as a son today, just to bask in the glorious presence of our Jesus. Amen? This morning, I, um, I'm bursting on the inside with the, the, the joy of just sharing the beautiful kingdom, the beautiful kingdom of God, and very simply this morning, what that can look like and what does look like in our lives as sons and daughters. And uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles or on your phones to Romans chapter 14, verse 17 and 18 and 19. It says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the realm of Holy Spirit. And many of us have heard that scripture, read it many times. And just as I was studying it, the word righteousness, it means so much. It's very weighty. And we receive as believers the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's no longer our righteous works that earn us any points with the Lord. We are in Jesus Christ and have his righteousness. Just pause on that for a moment because that is so weighty in itself. We carry the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And what does that look like? It looks like right living, right thinking, and even right relationships. So when we say the kingdom of God is righteousness, we're saying that the kingdom of God is right living in me, and it's right relationships. It is peace, and it's joy in the realm of Holy Spirit. The realm of Holy Spirit, not from our natural realm. We don't source it from a natural realm, but the realm of Holy Spirit, who is a person. And Paul says and explains here that the kingdom of God is not a bunch of rules, what we should eat or what we should drink. It's not a list of methods on how to be righteous before God or to have peace and to have joy in Christ Jesus. There are no methods and there are no rules. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Spirit. If you read verse 18, it goes on to say that whoever serves Christ this way is acceptable to God and approved by men. I stopped there when I read that because there's no need to seek the approval of man any longer when you're living this way. So that's a good check to have in your heart. Am I living to seek the approval of man? Is that the only thing that's going to keep me living and keep me going on, is what man thinks about me? Or am I settled in the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit that I'm so satisfied that my approval is in Jesus Christ? I am approved. I am qualified. Amen? <laughs> Verse 19 says, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. What I love about the kingdom of God is that it's not just a personal, uh, powerful thing that I receive or that you receive, but it looks like something. 
It looks like something in relationships of mutual upbuilding, my fellow brothers and sisters, and even those who are not saved in the world, those who are still lost. I'm, I'm to respect them and to, to love them and build them up in Christ Jesus. And uh, let's, t- let's turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. These are just a couple of scriptures I'd like to share this morning because the power of the word alone, without my opinion and interpretation, is powerful today for every single one of you listening. It's good to read the word of God. Verse 14 says, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. I love that. I love that how Jesus says, Do not hinder the children. Let them come to me. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Such belongs the kingdom of God to little children. And whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. I was thinking about children and my own children when they were little. And, um, you know, the, the, the act of surrender is lifting up your hands to be picked up. When a child can't do anything on its own or is struggling to make its way to do something, you know, the word is uppies or, you know, they just look up and their both arms go up and they want to be picked up by their dad or their mom or their older sibling. Isn't that right? And that is an act of surrender as a child. It's just a natural response. A child doesn't go along saying or thinking, I'm going to do it on my own. They're just going to observe me from the kitchen. I'm going to do this. That only happens when they're teenagers. No. But um, it's the same in worship. Why do we lift our hands in worship? Because it's an act of surrender. It's me saying, Jesus, I can't do this alone. And as you cultivate a relationship with Jesus, your language begins to change. And it's Jesus, I don't want to do this alone anymore. It's not that I just can't do it. I don't want to do anything on my own. I don't want my own opinion to matter anymore. It's your word. It's your truth. It's your nature. It's who you are that I'm surrendering to. And so Jesus says here, receive me. Receive him as little children do. That's what it means. It doesn't matter how old we are. We are the children of God. And our response today is to surrender and to receive the kingdom of God as little children. Let's go to Luke chapter 17, verse 21. It says here that the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. It's at hand. It's in the midst of you. You can grab hold of it. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's for you. It's not there to be observed, but received. Amen. The kingdom of God is being given to us to be received, not to be observed from a distance. It's in the midst of us. The kingdom of God is within us. Amen. And uh, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. It says, Therefore, let us be grateful 
for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It cannot easily be dismantled. I just love that. The kingdom of God that I'm opening my arms to receive as a child cannot easily be dismantled or fall apart ever. It's powerful. It's everlasting. It expands and it increases. And it's been given to us. It's true and it's unshakable. It's ever-increasing. There's never a boring, dull moment in the kingdom of God. And if you're sitting here today and you're feeling nothing really exciting is happening, I don't feel the thrill that Jane is talking about, then soften your heart this morning. Let Holy Spirit come and soften your heart, just pulling down and dismantling the rigidness and the and the hardness of the walls that we put up in this world. And let's just surrender to the kingdom of God, which is a spirit realm, through the person of Holy Spirit, can only be attained with a relationship with Holy Spirit. And let Him do this in you. It's not a nice religion, the kingdom of God, just to tag on to my selfish life to make me look more holy or feel more holy. You know, you come across a lot of people, in fact, the majority of people long to live a pure life and a holy life and a disciplined life and search for it in many other ways but the kingdom of God. This is the only way through Jesus Christ and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. So it's not a nice religion, this kingdom of God. It's my everything. It becomes who I am and my everything. It becomes a living, breathing realm of the Spirit who empowers me every day. It's not something I write down, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of the kingdom of God. It, it transforms the way I speak, the way I breathe, the way I act. Everything about me changes when I receive the kingdom of God. And it's forever. It's everlasting. It's always. And it's now. The kingdom of God is now. And I just want to just talk a little bit more about that. And you don't have to turn there. But in John chapter 2, we see Jesus perform his first miracle at a wedding in Cana. Who loves weddings? I love weddings. Um, we, we celebrated a wedding last year of, of Connor and Jess. And it, we had such a party. It was so emotional. It was so happy. It was joyful. We danced. We ate, we were merry, and it was beautiful. There's something about weddings, and Jesus loves weddings. So the wine for the wedding had run out, for those of you who don't know the story. And Mary, his mother, comes to Jesus and asks him to do something about that. Okay? You can read the whole story yourself. But so Jesus, out of love for the people... He ordered the, the servants to, to fill these vats with water, fill them to the brim. And then he turns every vessel of water into wine, filled to the brim. The master of the wedding said, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine is served. That's what they did in their culture. 
He says to Jesus, but you have kept the good wine until now. You've kept the good wine. You, you did and performed a miracle for now. And uh, I just read up that Jesus, as he turned the water into wine, he actually produced approximately 500 liters of wine <laughs> for that wedding celebration. 500 liters. Now, they had already had their party and had drunk quite a lot before that. But now he goes and <laughs> multiplies and turns water into wine. 500 liters of good wine. My point in all of this is that Jesus delights in our joy. He delights in us being thrilled and joyful. And he does, doesn't withhold joy from his people. He doesn't have a withholding spirit. I'm going to say that again for someone listening. He does not hold a withholding spirit. He is a generous lover of our souls. He's a generous savior, and he loves it when we are a joyful people. And I so desire this morning for everyone to, to catch this today, that the kingdom of God is not far away in the distance that we only observe it. The kingdom of God is now. I want the kingdom of God, which is inside of me, that's now within me, to transform my thinking, to transform my language, to even transform my believing. Maybe you've, you've been stunted in your believing somewhere along the line, or someone said a harsh word to you that stunted your believing. I wanted to transform my behavior, the way I act with people. I want him to transform my decision-making. Not one day, not someday, and not out there somewhere. We're having revival now. We are blessed now, people. The great days are not behind us. They're not somewhere out there. The great days are now. And this, this, what I'm about to say, excites me very much. And um, I know the presence of God is so, so weighty and so for this. That the great days are not behind us. And they're not still to come and, and somewhere out there. The great days are now. We have the best now. Last week in our meeting, I, I've, I felt the word victory. And I, I've carried that in my heart all week. And I've had an amazing week for celebrating a birthday and no, it wasn't my 50th, but the celebration, even during a lockdown period, was significantly different in my heart than any other birthday. And I think it's because my heart was open to receive something that I've never received before, something new and something afresh. So don't wait for a birthday because today could be your birthday. It's everybody's birthday as you listen to this. So... We have the best now. We have the victory now. And I want us to recognize today that there's a distraction, and the distraction is to stop us believing in his word now. Last week, Grant preached on the power of his word in us. And I don't know about you, but there's a hunger for his word like never before. And um, you just want to devour and eat the word and it's because it's life. And that's how, 
As we eat the fruit of the word, we become fruitful gardens ourselves. The seed of the word. So recognize today that the distraction from the enemy is an attempt to stop us believing in the power of now. So I want to just declare some things over you right now and over us. The greatest you is right now. Oh my gosh, Jane, how can you say that? I'm 20 kgs heavier than I've ever been. Um, how can I be the greatest me right now? And um, I'm using that as a silly example. But the, the principle of this is way more than a circumstance that you have in the natural. He wants you to understand and recognize today that the greatest you is you now. The greatest churches in the world are right now. How can you say that, Jane? It doesn't look that way in the natural. I'm telling you now, the greatest churches are right now. The greatest move of the Spirit is right now. The greatest generation is now. And I'm going for this because this is beating in my heart, and I think will always beat in my heart and burn. The greatest young people are now. They are pregnant with the kingdom of God. The greatest generation of young people are now. Right now is what we have. Right now is what we have. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is. Now faith is, not faith was and faith will be. Now faith is. So even as Grant and the announcements and talking about our land and talking about faith, faith is now. What am I going to do today to act and release faith into a situation? Now I'm believing. Now I'm praising God for it. I'm not going to praise God for my blessing tomorrow. I'm not going to put it off. We're not uh, uh, people who procrastinate. And, um, you know, Jesus' name or, or God's name is, the, is I am, not I was or I will be. His name is I am. And so we just receive that right now, Jesus, your presence. I am in the midst of every circumstance, in the heart of every person listening. You are I am. And now, now I'm believing, now I'm praising God, now I live this day. And I'm going to be a little cheeky and say that even this online message today is the best for you. It's the best for you because it's not about eloquent, eloquent words and um, fancy opinions and interpretations of this beautiful gospel, but it is the best for you because it's in the realm of the Holy Spirit. And not, oh, someday we'll see the manifestation. We've got to break our mindsets. God's best is not in the past and it's not in the future. It is now. God's best is now. And uh, I was reading in Psalm, and I, I love the Psalms, um, but I went back to Psalm 1, verse 1, and I want to just touch on that a little bit. You can go there, and uh, it reads like this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, 
nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers or scorners. Why are you talking about this, Jane? Well, there's a couple of things that stood out to me in this, and it's walking, it's standing, and sitting. Let's look at walking. So he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Walking has to do with going around and doing things. Walking around and doing things. And as we do this, what advice are we listening to? It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. So as we go about walking, what advice or what counsel are we listening to? Let's look at standing. Standing has to do with where we locate ourselves. We say things like this, I stand with those who want to help, with, help the poor. Uh, I stand with the majority. So standing relates to our agreement on a matter. Where are you standing? Where are you located? What is your conviction? What are you burning with as you stand? And then we have sitting. And sitting is not doing. Sitting is a passive position, physically, but also mentally and spiritually. Who are the scoffers and the scornful? It's quite a, a heavy scripture. Scoffers and, and scorners are those who are negative towards progress. They are people who are negative to whatever is happening around them. And they love to voice their opinions, and their opinions are usually skeptical or negative. So he's saying, don't sit in the seat of scoffers or scorners. Why am I mentioning this? Well, our posture in the way we live in the kingdom of God is so important as we not only receive it, but as we release it to others. I can't release the kingdom of God if I keep on sitting, okay? Because if I keep on sitting and doing nothing, my attitude and my language begins to change. You see, blessed is the man or woman who walks by the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, I think, says walk by the Spirit. So now I'm not walking in the counsel of the wicked, I'm walking by the Spirit. And blessed is the man or woman who stands fast in the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 3.18, and who are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Seated in Christ. When we were driving here this morning, I thought, I'm seated in Christ. Imagine yourselves seated in Christ. In heavenly places. What a beautiful posture to be in. And as we get older, we, we feel we are um, entitled to, to give them a lesson. Sorry, I'm talking about as we get older and as we approach young people or have conversations with the younger generation. We feel that we're entitled sometimes to give them a lesson about our life's failures, our knocks, 
and our delayed dreams. Um, forgetting that what the Word says is we are to train up a child in the way he or she should go, and the Word promises that they will never depart from it. But what is that way that we're training them up in? Not our methods of our past and what was beneficial to us. It is the Word of God. We're to train up our children, this younger generation, in the Word of God alone. And I'm not saying that there aren't beautiful treasures that we can teach this generation to hold on to. But I will never raise a generation who is burning to live the kingdom of God while walking in the advice of the world, by standing in the ways of the world, and by sitting in the seat of negativity, unfulfilled dreams, and scorn, and a bitter heart. As an older generation, I, I want to, I'm, I don't feel old, and um, I know I'm not old, but as an older generation, even the elderly I'm talking to today, this is for you today, because God has so much, it hasn't ended, it's not finished, it's not over, and you may have unfulfilled dreams that you hoped for for years and you never saw them, for some reason they were delayed, and I'm saying to you today, posture yourselves in the correct position, the correct language, the correct attitude, aligned with the spirit realm, the word of God, as your truth and your plumb line, and let Holy Spirit catapult you into the destiny that He has for you. We may not be running as fast and winning the races with these younger generations alongside. I may not win the race with them, but I'm certainly going to run with them. Okay? I might not win their race. They might be faster than me, but I'm certainly going to run with them as they are burning with the kingdom of God at this time. And I'm not going to just say, wow, what a great thing. Go for it, guys. I want to be there all the way with this generation. I mean, some of us, I, I had to repent because some of these things I'm about to say, like I remember, I have said myself, so they may ring true to many of you. How many have said, oh, this generation, don't do it like we used to? Oh, what a pity. You know, I think we just get over that. Just get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Why do we sing the songs so long and, and repeat so long and it goes on? Can't we just sing three little short verses and then hear the word? That's, that's something I hear a lot of and something deep within me. <laughs> it must just be the anger of the Lord. Also, I just hope it is. But um, I have to act in the spirit now. But um, yes, it was beautiful in its time. And it is still lovely to sing hymns. I love singing hymns. The words are so rich. But we have to move with what the spirit is doing. He says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see it? Don't you pick it up? And don't stand there or sit there and observe it any longer. Jump in. And be part of the new thing that he is doing. Do you remember, we, we can say things like this, oh, those were the days. Do you remember that? It truly is a days, D-A-Z-E. Instead, I receive for myself a kingdom of righteousness. 
forgetting what lies behind, people. It's receiving the kingdom now, a kingdom of righteousness, of right living and right relationships with others, uh, a kingdom of peace. What does that really mean? Well, for you personally and for me, I'm anchored with the umpire of my heart. Peace of God, the umpire of my heart. I'm anchored. It doesn't matter what virus, what wind, whatever thing is blowing. I'm anchored in the peace of God and of joy. I love joy. I love joy so much. And I want my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to always know that Jane was full of joy all the time. That wasn't a punt or anything like that. I just, the joy of the Lord is, is our strength, and it's infectious, and it's attractive. It's attractive to people, the joy of the Lord. And you don't have to have everything working for you in, in your life circumstantially to be joyful. It's to be content in all things. That's where we find the true joy from the Lord. And some listening today may really need to forget what lies behind. And some may need to stop worrying about tomorrow. I'm going to say that again because I know, like, I just feel the Holy Spirit just say, just wait there a little bit longer for it to sink in. Some of you may need to forget what lies behind and just close the door on all of that nonsense, even the good days, but they are D-A-Z-E, they're not, they're not the days we're living in now. You need to just close the door on that. And then some of you need to stop worrying about tomorrow. Expect Jesus now. Not tomorrow. What is it going to look like tomorrow? What is he doing right now? Expect him now. Our treasure is today. And all that we have power over is right now. All that I have power over is right now and what I do with right now. And just in closing, I wanted to just encourage you to surround yourselves with um, people who understand that their lives have been credited by the most generous, loving, kind, faithful, and truthful person of Jesus, and delight in doing the same in others. I'm going to say that again, because there's a lot of words there. Surround yourselves with people who understand that their lives have been credited by Jesus, the most generous, loving, faithful, powerful person of Jesus, and surround yourselves with these people that delight in doing the same in others instead of always noticing what is still missing. It's a very, very powerful thing to embrace people into the kingdom of God through eyes that are looking at a beautiful, credited life, a credited account, not looking at people's lives to, to, to notice what is still missing and what still needs to be worked on. It's not our job, people. Imagine if everybody you knew around you thought that about you. Jesus is the most all-sufficient, full, loving, 
saviour and friend and lover. And what he thinks about us is the most incredible thing. He wants us to think that about others too. That is receiving the kingdom of God and releasing the kingdom of God to others. And uh, I just want you to stand where you are, and I'm sure most of you are sitting. And as you get up from your chair or your bed or your couch, I just want you to get up by faith, actually. I want you to get up by faith and to activate your position into a position of faith, a position of transformation of every part of who you are, your thinking, your decision-making, your language, and your behavior. And right now, I just want you to just receive Holy Spirit. Receive the kingdom now for you today. Receive the righteousness, the peace, and the joy of the kingdom of God in your lives today. Receive it. Take hold of it. Don't be passive in your receiving. Grab hold of it because the word says the kingdom is at hand. It's to be taken. It's to be grabbed. It's to be taken hold of. It's to be received. It is a gift. We will not be a people that walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners. Or seat, be seated in the, the seat of, of scoffers and scorners. But we make the decision not to go there, Lord, but to receive the very life, the resurrection power in our thinking to transform everything about us to be sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Father, this morning I pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit in the realm of the Spirit. And it's not by might, it's not by a great preach, but it's by the Spirit of God that brings understanding and revelation, the truth of your word that as it settles in our lives, it begins to change. It begins to change the way we speak to people, the way we think of others, others that maybe hurt us with their words, God. We release those people into the love realm of God. We release them and we love them, God. The Word of God says to love our enemies. I mean, whoever has, has needed that to happen, that you need to love your enemy. We just avoid our enemy. I just pray some of you, there are enemies. You need to just love them and to be Jesus and to speak words that are encouraging and are life-giving and watch the change happen before your eyes. Watch the transformation. Some of you have loved ones that sometimes you feel are enemies in your own life. Begin to love like Jesus loves and 
and watch the tangible change that you see. People, that gives us as believers the biggest thrill, the biggest joy to see people transformed into the likeness of Jesus. But Father, we start this morning with ourselves and we, we stand in that position and we walk in the Spirit today. Father, we thank you. We, we come with hearts of thanksgiving in our worship. The realm of, of God is full of love and full of peace and full of joy. But it takes a warring heart and a warring spirit to access it at times. It's not people who are our enemies. It's, it's the demonic realm. I just see in the Spirit this morning just some of you sitting quietly and receiving the kingdom of God in such a fresh new way. Just, just allow that to take place in your heart and take root. But I see a lot of people who there's an adjustment and a shift being made in the spirit in your life to, to actually warfare and grab and, and be forceful, be a little bit violent and going after the, the promises of God for your life, being violent in your, in your posture and your attaining what God has for you. I do it, Lord. I, I stand in that place today. And I violently grab hold of the kingdom. I take it by force for me, God, and my family, and my church, and my friends, Lord. Everything that you have, all the changing and the adjustments, I leave that to you, Holy Spirit. But I'm in a posture of flexibility and softness in my heart for you to come in and do what you want to do in all of us, Lord. Do it in me, I pray today, God. Do it in me. Holy Spirit. 